You're tuned in to the MTGG Cable Cast, 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 where they cover Magic, the Gathering Finance. All right? You don't know about it? You're tuned in right now and get ready to learn some shit. Buckle your seatbelts and light a blunt and get ready for the MTG Cable Cast, 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 starring Reptar and Thirsty, them onion head motherfuckers. Alrighty, guys, welcome to the newest episode of the Cabal Cast. Thirsty and Reptar here. Uh, this week, we've got part one of another two parter for you. Doing a lot of them lately. They're great when there's a lot of downtime. Uh, as we're entering year five of spoiler season for Double Masters today, uh, we basically wanted to take a look back, and now that events are kind of back, mm -hmm. take a look at the comparison of what a Command Fest, what a Magic Fest, what like different cons are. Uh, this was kind of inspired by a Twitter thread that uh, Jeff Foster had on Twitter that was basically like, hey, reflecting on Command Fest, this is what it's like, this is how it compares to a GP. And we kind of wanted to do a dive on that from the vendor end, mm -hmm. rather than just a player or judge end, to try to see what the differences are, if we think there's some that work a little bit better, and go from there. So yeah. let's get it started. Yep. So the, the best way we thought to do this was to do a day-by-day -day breakdown. So a lot of the questions are going to be the same, but that's because at least up front at the Magic Fest, like a lot of people remember, is a three-day event, and each day kind of operates a little bit differently. And so we want to make sure that we discuss the same points for each day across the three. So starting with the beginning of the event for Magic Fest, when are the doors open, and what is the atmosphere of day one? And the answer to that is, generally speaking, mid-morning to early afternoon the doors open for players for vendors it's generally several hours earlier depending on whether or not you're able to get in on thursday to set up now because friday is a day worth just side events the atmosphere could be different from event to event if there are like last chance qualifiers for the main if there are buys to give out or something like that usually the events are not too big and nothing really heavy happens until the end of the day. So it's just kind of a building atmosphere where it's really late at the beginning of the day. Not a lot of people are out of work. And there's a lot of people just kind of grazing. And most people there, as far as side event goes, are there to do the um, the infinite events. The Channel Fireball was yeah. was running. I forgot what they were calling. the Where you buy a pass, you could play everything all weekend, basically. Yeah, like the on-demand, unlimited fires it fills type stuff. Yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. you, you get the draft one or the standard one or the modern one. You just play as many as you feel like. And th those are the early day players. And then it builds throughout the day. Like I said, uh, probably early or late afternoon, early evening is when you'll start get, getting larger rush as people start getting out of work. So usually like 3 p.m. local, schools start letting out and you start getting people who are leaving work early to come down and get things done either before the main or before Friday night kicks off. Or maybe they have not, they don't have the time over the weekend. And you do get a number of usually decent buys then because, like I said, sometimes people make a, a day out of it. You know, like, hey, I don't yeah. have time to come in on Saturday, but yeah, I brought all my legacy stuff to work to sell to you guys at the end of the day. And the atmosphere kind of grows through dinner. And I'd probably say maybe around 5 to 6 p.m. local is when things really come to a head. And that's not when the side events start to tail off. That's just probably when maximum amount of people are in the building. They've eaten dinner. Anybody who wants to try and grind a couple sides, have some fun, find some last minute cards before the big event tomorrow, really kind of come in. 
and around eight or nine local is definitely when things start to taper off and just kind of like quiet out yeah i it's kind of interesting because i i think generally that's the same uh for command fests except there's one thing and i think it's the same for magic fests and that's based on location so one of the interesting things obviously east coast west coast you can travel fairly easily from one area to the next, especially on the East Coast, like New England area, where you've got a lot of trains, stuff like that. Midwest is, those events are different on day one, which is, of course, typically a Friday. Your doors open at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the atmosphere is pretty dead at Midwest events mm-hmm. until like six or seven. Um, now, the interesting thing about Command Fests is since they've been back, the biggest draw has been the Mystery Booster Sealed events or Mystery Booster Drafts. Got it. Those you'll get a lot of people for, but like Richmond, for example, Friday, the doors opened at 10 o'clock and they made, you know, the big announcement. Hey guys, we're opening the doors. Three people came in. Yep. That's it. Three. And the thing about Richmond is it's very much a, it's similarly a Midwest event, even though it's on the East coast, people are traveling there. They're driving up after work. They're staying for a day or two and driving back. Yeah. Richmond is not the most accessible, despite the fact that it's in the shadow of several major metropolitan areas. Uh, yeah, and it's it makes it a little bit difficult, but at a command fest, things are a lot more casual. Uh, it's a lot more laid back, especially day one, because people aren't trying to assemble all of the sideboard cards they need. They're not trying to get on the newest tech for whatever deck just got leaked by a pro an hour prior. Mm-hmm. You know, st- stuff that it's fine, and you're going to have to deal with it. But it makes people a little bit more tense or on edge because they're rushing to try to get this to shore up a couple of percentage points because there's tens or potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line. Fine. Uh, it, it was pretty casual and laid back, though, for most of the day. Vendors were shopping around. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty common at the Command Fest I've been to is it's a lot more leisurely. Okay. Just like, hey, we're here hanging out. You know, we're going to do our vendor thing regardless. Yep. But it's almost like a break from the standard Magic Fest grind. And even the players and everyone that's there, like, there's a lot more conversation about just the most, you know, hey, what do you think would be great in a life gain angel deck? Uh, Or I didn't have to track how many times I was asked about Meltdown through the weekend because Kappa Cannoneer was all over the place. You know, it was hey, what are you guys paying on this? It seemed a lot more like not, you know, Grand Prix or Mythic Fests, but back when you used to have like regional PTQs and you'd have three or four vendors crammed into a room and everyone was just hanging out. Mm-hmm. Just a lot more laid back. Okay. Um, the rushes were kind of the interesting thing because, and this has been unique from one Command Fest to the next. So Richmond was obviously interesting because it was a pre-release. Yep. Man, that was a dog shit format for a pre-release. Really? <laughs> so, you know, usual, uh, you expect to rush like three hours into the event or whatever. The problem was, because of it being a command, a commander set release, mm-hmm. it was draft, have an hour to build your deck. Okay. Then you manually pair at your table every other person. They give you 20 minutes to pair. I don't know why it takes 20 minutes to figure out the guys that you were feeding in the draft are not the people you play against, but it takes yeah. 20 minutes for that. Okay. 
then you have round one. Well, when round one is starting, they're firing another pod for the Mm pre-release. So it created this really interesting situation where there was never a steady stream of traffic or a steady rush. It was just like, well, people are signed up for, you know, the next main event because it was capped at two rounds. Uh, And that was specific to Richmond. Now, Mm -hmm. with the other command fests, the rushes center around like dinner rushes. But instead of your dinner rush at a restaurant being five to seven, your rush at a command fest is three to five. Okay. Because, hey, we want to go get dinner in a couple hours. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's take care of this now. Yes, that uh, that's familiar. Um, what, what, what's what been your experience with Magic Fest? How's that been this rush-wise? This one's pretty cool because Magic Fest has changed over the time. You go back to when they were GPs and people were doing buys for events. The biggest event on Friday was the one that gave the buy. So you're going to feel your rush for that kind of steadily maybe an hour or two before as people come through looking for what they need. Now as we move on... There are no longer buys. The rush kind of changes to whatever the most popular event is going to be. Turbo Town, that's the name of it. Or yeah, whatever Turbo the Town, that's the one. Yep. Turbo Town is like uh, when the popper one, uh, when the popper Turbo Town is going to fire, you will find people, you know, the Magic Fest that I've worked just scrambling, especially when um, people were metagaming the Boros. Um, what's the the conspiracy, the, cat, the monarch, the like the Boros monarch deck yeah. against yep. every flavor of Delver, like yeah. palace jailers and, and everything else. Like those were, you could always tell when the next Turbo Town was going to fire because we felt that um, before the Turbo Towns, uh, it was basically when the at the school crowd came in and the after work crowd came in. So as you mentioned that three to five block was really big and then usually some people want to get some reps in with their deck late at night so they'll come in later on and it's not really a huge rush it's a secondary rush but you can definitely feel it within the room there's definitely a buzz and it's not necessarily a a rush to vendors it's just into the room usually sometimes you'll get it afterwards if tech didn't work out or people need, need need to last minute audible but other than that, it's kind of a, a flat day right now, right now, or it has been a a pretty flat day. Um, I'm trying to think when we were in Minneapolis, I think they had a command zone, and there was a commander event that did spark a little bit of a rush. But that was kind of an early afternoon thing, like I mentioned earlier, in like this sure. 1 p.m. local time thing. But one of the things I try and do as a vendor on Friday is after doors open when things are slow and the task is go to each booth and get the buy list. I try and find the list of events to prepare yeah. for these rushes because we can predict a little bit, schedule breaks, make sure our buyers are fresh and ready to go. It's etc. But that's generally been the expectation. Um, now for a command fest, I expect your time on prem friday night is a lot different than your than what people would expect from a magic fest vendor yeah so it was really interesting because typically the command fest wind down way earlier Mm -hmm. um people go back to their hotels they leave for food and they don't necessarily have an incentive to come back 
the way that you might if there's some turbo towns going on or something like that. And there's some factors that pay, play into that that we'll touch on with some of the later questions. Uh, but, you know, there's there's not a lot there because with those guys, they tend to be a little bit more casual. They don't necessarily have the grinder mindset. It's like, all right, well, I'm going to go get food and, well, here's a bar or something to check out. Or maybe I just want to go back to the hotel and play with the people I know. Yeah. And get into that play group. So my experience with Command Fest is, you know, there there were times where at GPs, you would just be slammed balls to the wall till eight or nine o'clock with buys. Command Fests typically start to wind down around like seven or eight mm -hmm. and strike zones out of there no later than seven thirty, eight o'clock. Uh, and for anyone that ever works an event, strike zones, the first one out. Yeah, that's that's. You don't want to be the first one out, so you always wait for Strike Zone to leave, and then it's like, all right, well, they're out. We can we pack can up it. now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and that's that's kind of been what it's been like in my experience, is it just winds down a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of those, I think, is one of the reasons that has to do with, I think, is buys, because Command Fests are marketed more towards the local crowd. Yes. You know, who's within a four-hour driving distance that can show up for this? Well, you don't necessarily have you know, the best collections, depending on where you're at in the country. Uh, what's What's been, you know, your experience for buys and sales at GPs? Because, you know, Command Fests are very much a sales event. Yeah, okay. And my experience, they're not buy-centric, it's sales yeah. is what they are. It's to unload your shitter 7th edition foils. Yeah, so uh, for buys and sales on, on day one of a Magic Fest... I would expect anything relevant to the most popular TurboTown events. And up to Pandemic, it was modern. Easy. People yeah. did care about Standard, if there were going to be large side events for Standard, or the main was Standard. Other than that, it was related to the main intersparse throughout the day there was no dedicated commander buying or anything like that and and day one can get a little a little tricky and it can get really grazer -y towards the end of the day where you have a lot of people just kind of combing through cases basically setting up a mental list for the next day or sunday and as things wind down on day one, you basically have to make that call of like, okay, we've done all the business we possibly can with the people in this room who are here to play events for fun. Everybody that's in this room is playing an event for purpose, and they're not going to come to the booth afterwards. So pick it up, let's go. And that's actually kind of been the way everything's felt for me at a, command, at a Magic Fest except one and it was the core set after Avison Returns. So M14, I think. We yeah, something like that. In that room, I'll never forget it. I was talking to the owner. I'm like, we got to get out of here. Nothing's going to be open. We're in downtown Worcester. It's oh, a ghost It's land. the worst. Yeah, there's Unos across the street. Worst. It's closing in like half an hour. And there's nothing left. He's like, no, no, no. Just watch like hold my beer and watch this and the main event is core sealed but we just mm -hmm. stick it out and we get slammed for the rest of the night like almost everybody leaves it's like us and two other vendors and just slammed for the rest of the night and i think at the end at like 11 he's like all right pack it up ah, time to go <laughs> <laughs> i was right yeah 
I don't know how he predicted it, but that was the weirdest event in terms uh, of timing. And I don't think I sold a single damn thing. He was just buying. That was it. It turned into a buy event very quickly at the end of that evening. And I think it had a lot to do with the upcoming standard environment, and he just had a really good feel on it and what was going on uh, based on some of his vendor conversations. So throughout the day, generally pretty smooth, very slow, and then it ebbs and flows with the the Turbo Towns. Um, So for a Command Fest, is there a prize wall? Uh, There is. And touching on, you know, what I'd mentioned earlier, uh, boy, howdy, are they bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one of the reasons is, you know, the way tickets are handed out at Command Fest, everyone gets 50 tickets for sitting down. Everyone. Yep. Uh, the winner of the pod gets 100 tickets. Now, oh, the reason that's rough is because you have so many tickets going out, your prize wall prices have to reflect the inflated number of tickets going yes. out. You, you cannot have your normal prize payout. Uh, not to mention, you also have, in addition to that, no turbo towns. You don't have a breadth of side events for people to sign up in that they can grind these tickets out in. Uh, it's it's literally just, hey, you're going to play in... And it's... The way Command Fest works is there is an open play area. And then there's events that fire every hour. And those events are where you get the tickets. Uh, you also have, with it being more of a casual crowd, you don't necessarily plan for people to like grind out to try to get maximum value. They just want cool stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, so you don't have to have a bunch of sheets because you know thirty people are going to come up having ground side events all weekend to get the tickets for those uncut sheets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have posters for twice what you would normally have. And commander players are just happy to get them because they want to put them up in their bedroom or whatever, you know, and that's kind of how it works there. It's just a little bit more casual. And I don't know that slow is the right term, but it's definitely significantly more laid back. And I think that allows for a lot of people to, you know, inflate their prices as the TOs. So it's there, but that's one of those things that doesn't necessarily mean people are kept there by it mm-hmm. the way they are at a Grand Prix when they're just trying to grind out maximum value. Yep. Very early on, people do that conversion of what a ticket is worth, thus what your entry fee is, and will determine whether or not they even want to buy into additional side events uh, yeah. based on that because they just check the value of a pack in standard against how many tickets it costs, right? It comes out there. The... The only thing that's interesting about the Magic Fest's Magic Fest prize walls was just something that we noticed with Channel Fireball was they seemed to keep shipping the prize wall and never really updating it. So over time, the prize yeah. wall got worse and worse and worse. But at the beginning, it was great. So it was great. Yeah. You set you set that aside, and the the prize walls once they became a thing and they 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 took on every teal was responsible for stocking it. And I don't really think I heard a complaint, even if Pez had one. Yeah. Um, and tickets were acquired. The exact same way you said side events. Nobody in the main got a single prize ticket for playing in the main. They got their main event promo, and yep. that was it. Unless you were buying prize tickets from people to get uncut sheets, which was... Or oversized cards yeah, or whatever. Which was definitely a strategy 
for people who wanted to acquire that stuff without having to put in the time or the effort, because some individuals who might play inside events don't care about prize tickets. So, No, they're just there to run through their PTQ or whatever the case may yep. be. So, unrelated to the game as a whole, one of the things that I guess, or one of the questions people had about Command Fest was, you know, what exactly is going to be going on at these events that isn't just playing Commander? Is there going to be any kind of paneling or with the idea that personalities, cosplayers or otherwise would be there? Was there going to be some kind of like cosplay show put on like at the the Command Fest you've been to? What kind of stuff went on on the peripheral? The great answer is fuck all. Okay. Absolutely nothing. You have podcast showcase people who are there and they're walking or cosplay people, sorry, who are there and they're walking around in cosplay. But they don't have like a dedicated, hey, cool, here's, you know, we're here selling photos, autos, whatever. Yep. Uh, didn't exist. They were just there to, they're just there to hang out. Stephen Green, obviously one of the biggest personalities for a command fest when Star City has them. He's, you know, was their show lead for a while. Now he makes content for them. He's just out there playing. They, there's no fanfare around it. There's, hey, here's all these people and personalities, and that's it. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, which, to Jeff's point from the Twitter thread, is another reason you're not keeping people there. Mm-hmm. You need that kind of stuff to have that convention feel. Yep. It's not there. No, and that was something that people laid into with Magic Fest as well, which is you want to name it festival and talk about a festival or convention feel. What are you going to do about it when your Magic Fest isn't in Vegas? Vegas yeah. is really the only exception to, I think, any of this conversation whereby people have now come to expect a lot of pomp and circumstance from within the event. And yes, at the Vegas Magic Fest, there was a litany of panels. There was definitely a location for people to show off their cosplay, basically the same location, the little side stage they set up. But generally speaking, a Magic Fest is not for the personality to show up and sell photos or autos or just want or do anything much in cosplay besides wander around and that's it but there's also no expectation of more either yeah uh and i i think that's you know again like you said when they announced the festivals command fest magic fest whatever they're like we want it to feel more like a general gaming convention well that's cool but you haven't done anything to do that since One of the coolest parts of working at an anime con is when somebody notable in the crowd with like a costume that just grabs attention comes to check out things at your booth because that brings a crowd to your booth and you don't have to do anything that just no sells free advertising. It just sells stuff at your booth. You just answer questions and take money and it is amazing. Yeah, but people, yeah, people are there for that. They're coming into there to those cons in cosplay not just to walk around, but usually for a contest as well. Like, yeah. There's a lot more going on than just six people walking around as planeswalkers for that stuff. Uh, and this is kind of a, a nebulous question that I think is more pertinent for Command Fest than Magic Fest. The on-demand Commander events, how are they run? And when I ask this question, I mean, like, are they sell... Once the pot is put together... Are they just self-organizing from there? Hey, go off and play, report back. So it's kind of interesting because there's the open play area, right? Where it's just always on demand. Yep. 
you just show up. Hey, can I sit down with you guys? Cool, let's play. Uh, and then there are the like fire as they fill events where you get the buzzer, you go whatever, and that literally is just hey, you know, sit down over there. We'll be around. We'll throw your tickets on the table. You figure out what to do. There's no reporting at command fests. Okay. You you just they don't really like hunt you down if you don't report your results mm -hmm. because it's they hand everyone their tickets and there's tickets in the middle and you just figure out how they're split up amongst the pod. Okay. Yeah. It's it's a lot more like fly by the seat of your pants, like Marshawn lynching it. We're just here so we don't get fined. Yep. Do it. <laughs> I said that this weekend. <laughs> like I said it so many times. I'm only here so I don't get fined. Yeah. Um, that's exactly my experience playing Commander at what were Grand Prix. Any, yeah, it's the exact same, just on a larger scale. Yeah, exactly. Anybody who was organizing Commander Positive Event was generally, in my experience, running poker software because it was much better equipped to set up that many tables on the fly that quickly from a large pool, pool of names. And yeah, the judge would hand you your little box <clears throat> that had uh, tickets in it, and you were just told to leave the box on the table, and that was that. You figured out how to divvy out the tickets at the end. Yeah. And cool just go go and have fun i don't really know what i expected from that question i just kind of i guess wanted verification that what was the standard is still the standard and sure is not a problem because there's yep. as we will find out in the next section a main or maybe not so saturday doors and atmosphere again like i said at the top we're going to run through the same questions this time but faster so saturday for a Magic Fest, they can be open as early as 7, as late as 9, depending on the format, what's going on, and how many rounds have to run. So that is oftentimes the difference between Constructed, Limited, and a large event or a small event. So something like Detroit or something like Vegas, New York City. Yeah. Magic Fests are, are pretty cut and dry, and you can expect the doors at a very certain time. Vendors generally want to be there anywhere from an hour early to moments before the doors open, depending on how you leave your booth the night before. If you are trusting of the venue and security, you might leave everything out. If you are not, you'll just sweep your cases and drop them back out, which takes you know yeah. 20 minutes, half an hour. At most, yeah. And that, that's pretty much how it is Command Fest 2. You get some vendors. There's a lot more vendors showing up last second mm -hmm. uh, at Command Fest. Doors, same deal. 9, 10 o'clock. Uh, no 7 a.m.s at Command Fest, just 9 or 10 o'clock. And again, just way more relaxed. Uh, rushes on Saturday, pretty much the same deal with it being such a fires it fills event. Yep. Not really, it's just steady. Yeah. The, for the for the Magic Fest, as the rush is concerned, um, depending on what type of vendor you are, if you want to be there to catch the people scrambling before the main, that's for you. Otherwise, it could be anywhere from rounds three to round five. The next one is people want to fire sell their deck. After that, the next rush that you will generally feel is going to be when, in a world where PTQs existed, when, uh, you know, an hour or two before that, as people are looking to change yeah. decks or buy new tech or what have you. Other than that, it is, yeah, pretty flat throughout the day and it's it's pretty even overall um i don't consider people getting up from the main and finishing the rounds a rush but into the building that's about it sometimes you will get that dinner rush that you mentioned on friday on saturday as well because you know hey it's at the end of my day i'm done hanging out with my family this is the only time i got to come in and work with you guys that is yeah. a popular thing to hear and see at a main on saturday for 
the Magic Fest vendor. Now, when it came to time on prem, were you clocking out around the same time on Saturday as you were on Friday? Yeah, pretty much. I again, it's just such a casual style event where there's not necessarily a lot of like, hey, let's uh, you know stick around for this cool panel or something like you would see at a Gen Con. Yep. So it really is just like, all right, deuces, I'm out. Yeah. So generally, same deal. Seven thirty, eight o'clock. Uh, at the latest at Command Fest, Strike Zone is out a little bit earlier. They're usually like seven seven thirty. And you know, look how many people are in the room. Well, it's starting to thin out. Forget it. Let's let's cut it. Yep. Uh, there's there's no Saturday desire of we could still get a few good sales. It's still very much a no. We're out. Yeah, which it, which is the same for for Magic Fest. That's why there's no real need for me to answer. You're on prem until like the second to last round, and then you're done. Yeah, because. Once you make that cut, nobody in that room is playing any other event. No, absolutely not. There's no dedicated time for that, though, because it's constructed or limited and rounds go along, turn over, churn, blah, blah, blah. You are a slave yeah. to that round clock. So maybe you'll cut out early if it's wicked late. But other than that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so how about buys and sales on Saturday for you? Like for us? Uh, Command Fest Saturday, it's still sell, 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 sell. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you'll you'll get some, you know, trades obviously yeah. where people are trying to buy whatever again crappy foils you have sitting around that sit forever. But by and large, uh, what you're looking at is sales, mm -hmm. uh, and it's pretty steady. And as you touched on, it's that same rush. You get that pre-dinner rush. Not much else besides that. Yeah. Um... Saturday is your bread and butter day for yeah. a Magic Fest. And that's where you want to do everything. Uh, this is... Whenever you go to an event, a convention, etc., as a vendor, your goal is to come back with the least of something that you possibly can and the most of something else. And yeah. for a Magic Card vendor, it is to come back with the most amount of Magic Cards possible because you are coming back with the least amount of buy money possible. If yeah. you could empty your cases and turn that all into buy money and come back with just those cards instead, that's exactly what you want to be doing. That is the goal of the event. So as sales, you're there to power buys. And from event to event and region to region, your Saturday could be completely different based on that. And hopefully your show lead and your owner understand that. And your yep. booth is geared to do whatever you need to at that event. Some events are sales events at Magic Fest, and that is a known quantity. People yeah. in the region are there to buy, they're not there to sell, and that is kind of a learned behavior. Some events are buy events because money in the area is tight or what have you, and you know that too. And yeah. that is all part of the strategy of being a vendor and understanding that game. So it is, I never concern myself with which one happens the most. I concern myself with making sure that I can, I am capable of supporting the booth in whatever way I need to that day. Yeah. Oh. So we covered panels and festivities. It's not something like from Friday to Saturday, it changes. No, it's either there all weekend nope. or it's not. Uh, so magic fest, obviously people know there's a main on Saturday. That's what you do. It yep. continues to Sunday and there's some cool sides supporting it at, Command Fests, you've mentioned thus far an open play area and a 
by main-ish event, yeah. But there's no so setting aside the fact that this, this was a pre-release command fest, um, is there a large event like a singular entity event? No, uh, it at most command fests outside of you know obviously a pre-release one, it's literally just like hey we'll have a CEDH tournament. And it's like 40 to 60 people they fire every two hours that are just for tickets. You know, it's it's not like a Mythic Fest where you're competing for, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in prizes. Yeah. It's literally just, yeah, we're going to have people sit around and play CEDH for tickets. Uh, also, those same people are just over there in the CEDH tables playing all day anyways. Yep. Who cares? And you just don't get that. So, okay. I... Yeah, that, not really. That, that's kind of how I thought it was going to be. It, it seemed like these events, even before uh, pandemic, were kind of loosely organized in that regard. Where, like, from a TO standpoint, it's loosely organized, but from a player standpoint, you have to be very heavily organized because you're orga- yeah. you are self organizing as a group of players, either free play or in your pod. And yeah. I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't missing something, and that like under the surface, like people that don't go don't understand that there's this other thing. Oh no! Yeah. So, as far as what keeps people on prem, them, it's just play until they feel like leaving. Yep, pretty much. Um, so, um, to play in the pods that give you tickets, those Mm -hmm. were they like pay per on demands or pay for a bunch of on demands and you get tickets to buy into those or infinite on demands? Do you know how that worked? So it was pay per pod on demand. And if you were waiting for a pod, you could not buy into another one. They didn't let you double queue, uh, which was a lot more difficult for them to police. So they had fewer sign-up stations. Got it. Is how they did it. Uh, Because, you know, you go to a Grand Prix or, sorry, Magic Fest, whatever you want to call them. There's like six stations where you can sign up for side events. Because there's so many side events. Uh, there's literally, there were two stations to sign up for side events and it was literally because it was a four person pod. They fill four, boom, close it on to the next one, fill four, boom, close it on to the next one, boom, close it on to the next one. And what they would do is they would meet, they would gather up and take them to their table and they would verify all four people are here. If someone is not here, I'm going to go give their name to the person registering to see if they double queued. Okay. Because we're going to say something as soon as they show up and make sure that we refund them and give them, like, take, you know, they don't get the tickets until they sit at the table. Okay. So it it was a weird way to, you know, they they had to do it to police. But it is very much a, like, pay, you're going to have to play. And I'm sure there were, you know, groups of four people that were like, hey, we want to play in a pod together. Scoop, hey, we want to play in a pod together. But... Yeah, that's a lot of work. Oh yeah, and absolutely. Magic players are lazy. Yep. Okay, so uh, those things still run the way I remember them running from from sides. Um, yeah. As far as you know, Magic Fest goes, what keeps people on prem all day on Saturday is obviously the main. Yeah. Very simple, cut and dry. Saturday is like the best day for for this kind of comparison. Yeah. <laughs> just like I said, one thing. Everybody's everybody's there for one damn thing. Now. Yeah. Uh, moving into Sunday is kind of when the Magic Fest breaks down. The biscuit wheels fall off the gravy train, and uh, it gets a little interesting. So, for Magic Fest, doors 
can be again anywhere from like I'd say 8 to 10 or maybe 8 to 11 again depending on format of the event and how many rounds have to be played if they played one to two rounds the night before because things churned quickly you could be there on the later side of things as a vendor which is fantastic because you've been up late the, the other two nights repricing for your case and if it is limited you're probably there maybe i want to actually say i've come into more magic fests late on sunday as a vendor because we don't need to be there when yeah. players are seated for a limited event nobody else is in the room and we don't care uh, yeah, and, and as far as the atmosphere goes, it can be really drab in that room on Sunday morning. Everybody is a zombie that isn't in the main. Even the judges, they're just dragging ass because they've been there <laughs> since Thursday, and it We're is done over. Yeah, stop. It is slow, and like the entire room just feels gray, and it doesn't really pick up until like mid morning to early afternoon when some of the larger side events fire, like. There's a PTQ on Sunday that generally jazzes up the room a lot. And it's really when those side events kick off that a sun that the Sunday at a Magic Fest actually begins to feel like there are human beings in the room. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's kind of how it is at Command Fest too. And you know, you mentioned showing up late. I have never been to a Magic Fest, Command Fest, anything where we had to be there before ten o'clock on a Sunday. Because you're right, the people that you're seating in the morning are just the people in the event. Mm -hmm. It's And at Command Fest, it's such a casual thing that everyone assumes everyone's going out late and closing down bars Saturdays anyways. So it just kind of carries over that like, oh, we're going to be coming in late because you know, the first event fires at 9 o'clock. Who the fuck is getting up at 9 o'clock on a Sunday to go play Magic? That's not somebody I want to sell cards to anyway. It's a church crowd. <laughs> I don't want to see yeah. that. <laughs> You know, so you show up a little bit later and yeah, that's fine. And then, you know, as far as rushes, not really. And, you know, this the interesting thing about Sunday, and I'll say this, is for command fests, the stay on site everywhere is Midwest hours. So Midwest shows you're done at four o'clock on Sunday because everyone has to drive home for work Monday. Okay, yeah, yeah. Every command fest I've ever been to. Three thirty, four o'clock. We're out. Wow. Scoop them, close them, pack it up, and go yep. uh, out the door by five thirty, six o'clock at the latest. If you have to like shrink wrap and pallet ship your stuff, other than that, ah man, we're out. Yeah. Um, every Magic Fest I've ever worked, I hope for a rush on Sunday. Yeah. Because it is just so depressingly slow it's on Sunday. So and it's not like the room is devoid of people or money or interest. It is just like the moments between everything feel like they take forever and there's nothing to just keep you going. Yeah. The, the only rush would be to really close down the booth. And uh, again, to your point, it depends on where we are when we're leaving or what we have to do to close down the booth like yeah um i've stopped flying i stopped flying out on sundays very early into my tenure tenure as a vendor i fly out on monday so more often than not we don't close the room down but we're there until like five or six usually sometimes four or five depending on where we are 
and we have looked ahead to see when restaurants in the area close on Sunday because yeah. that is a huge concern. Uh, much like judges, that is the day where ve- where you get together and go out to eat. So- Saturday as well, but Sunday yeah. is like truly the blow-off steam as vendors group. And you need to make sure you get your giant group of people in somewhere. So you're usually closing yeah. down early. The times I've stayed later is because we are pallet shipping the booth, which means we have to wait for the union workers on prem to bring us the pallet and everything else, which is perfectly yeah. fine. They have their own set of hours, which is great, but it usually happens much later in the day in comparisons. You can't just like yeah. slowly pull the booth together over time and then just all of a sudden be out. Like, no, it's some work to pallet ship that some bitch. So you're just waiting to the last minute because you got to, you know, Tetris it all back together. Um, yeah so you know but then we both touched on stay on prem for for sunday which is just early evening yeah yeah um i mentioned buys and sales already at magic fests like they can just be dead on sunday um yeah. that's we've, we've talked about it before on the cast a lot too sunday is also the vendor to vendor interaction if there's not anything immediately yeah. that jumps out at you on friday then sunday sunday's when you take care of yeah. it I, the, the one exception to this rule, and this has been the same for every event I've ever worked in these locations, anytime you're near Atlantic City, anytime you're in Vegas, Sunday is fucking insane mm. for buys. Absolutely nutter butters. I'm sure you remember the what was it, the Hogak banning yeah. modern event that we vended where you were with Face and I was with Mini. Sunday was insane because in Vegas everyone's getting back the money they lost from gambling. So they're selling everything. Or they're staying there for the week, so they're building their purse. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, they're building their purse for the week. And it's like, all right, well, in those, completely different circumstances. But it's very much, like, location-dependent in that regard. Because you're not going to go to a Nashville Grand Prix, a Detroit Magic Fest, whatever, and have that Sunday rush the same way you do near an Atlantic City or near a Vegas or, you know, if they ever go anywhere near Tunica, I guess, you know, near a Tunica, where you have those, like, casino destinations. And even, uh, I can't remember if it was a Magic Fest or what it was, the event in Reno. Okay, yeah. And, like, 2018. Same deal. Sunday was insane. Because casinos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And with that, that basically closes out the comparison between the two like i don't think there's a reason like for players to stay on prem at a command fest there's nothing more than just play to you don't feel like it like that's it yeah play to you drop right yep so as far as magic fests and command fest goes right now the way things are structured that's the difference that's what you're missing from from one to the other it seems like Aside from a main event, the feel is kind of the same if you just look at a Magic Fest from a side of you, a side event perspective. And a, as a vendor, I'm the next episode is where you're going to want to pay attention because this is where we'll talk about things a little more. Kate, you know, we'll talk about case theory, we'll talk about what moves, and we'll get into the nitty gritty a little bit and some of the things that we're hearing from players that are useful to know ahead of time. As a vendor. So yeah, we will be back next week with a little more information on this, and until then. We are at MTG Wildcast on Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, and YouTube. I am at Halt. I am Reptar on Twitter. You are at Thirsty Sizzler. See you next week.